It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, the only Baltimore podcast that featured a host on the Dozen Trivia Tournament this week. RDT, we will talk about your appearance on that show, I think, at some point in the episode. But we have to start with another subject near and dear to your heart, RDT. Chris Davis, we, we, we can't go any longer. It has to be the first topic conversation. As we, as we said off air, Eric, before this, Felt like that was like four weeks ago. It happened last Thursday. But, I, you know, this was – Banks was on Twitter being like, where is RDT? What, how have we not seen anything? This is, this is your corner. You have, you have been on this Chris Davis thing, the highs, the lows, the ups, the downs, everything in between. Just, just give me just, – just lay it all out there for me. When you heard about this news, what was your reaction? And then some of Chris Davis for me and his, his, his Orioles career. Well, I think it's insulting to not start out the episode with at least a moment of silence, like a 19-second moment of silence, something like that. Maybe we can build one in. Um, no, I mean, I, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm, I was driving somewhere, and, and as you know, my Twitter situation is very complicated, and it's not <laughs> ideal. And I'm bopping along, listening to some podcasts, and I look down at a, at a, a text from Banks, and I, I, what did it, say? it just said, like, holy shit, you did it, kid, or something. <laughs> I was like, huh? Like, what do you, what do you mean? And then I had another one. And then my dad texted me and all he said was Davis retires. And I was like, holy shit. And I, I mean, that was just my reaction. It was like, wow. Like it, I think we all kind of thought that he would at least give it another shot and come back next spring training. I mean, how old is he? 35, 36. Like you don't, you don't just come back from a hip surgery like that, especially with the way that he was playing the last what five or six years. He's I mean, 35, would have been 36 going into next season. Yeah, and it's like, you know, again, a hip surgery is a major thing. Um, but it's it, – and it was funny because I didn't know what to expect when I got on Twitter. I thought I was going to see a bloodbath. And, I mean, I, and me included, we were praising this guy more than we praised Adam Jones when he left town. That's true. 2018. People were – I get – I. I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe we're soft. Maybe it's the participation trophy, you know, the, the, <laughs> the world we live in, but P and again, like, I get it. I mean, obviously the last couple, and I had people being like, why are we celebrating this guy? And it's like, well, he had just as much to do with the success in 2012 and 14 and well, not so much 14, but 16. I mean, he had some of the, the most fun seasons to watch as an Oriole. I mean, there was nothing like going to a game when he was up. I mean, it, the, the grand slam on opening day, he put on a show mm. in Tampa on opening day one year. I mean, the 53 home run season was unbelievable to watch. It, it was like legitimately like Barry Bonds in Baltimore. Just every at bat was much watch. I mean, I went to a game against the White Sox when Buck pinch hit uh, him for Delman Young. Delman Young was like four for four in the game, brings in Davis and Davis, like one of those little like flicks his wrist at it, pulls it down into right field, uh, home run they win. I mean, he, he was so much fun to watch. When he was good, he was really good. And when he was bad, he was arguably the worst player that's ever picked up a bat and qualified for, for the, some of these statistics. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he was very hard to watch the last couple of years. And, everyone like, again, the deal, the deal's whatever. He didn't force them to sign this deal. I think we all know that. You know, they overpaid. They, they were bidding with, with themselves. Angelos went over Duquette's head, blah, blah, blah. Say whatever you want. And like, yeah, it handcuffed them and they probably didn't get Manny because of it. And there's a couple other guys I'm sure they missed out on. But, um, you know, I, and, and I think the Orioles did a good job with their, their tribute video, which they seem to put together pretty quick. 
Um, it seemed like the second that the seems like a had it, had it ready situation. Yeah, which I'm kind of surprised that that stuff didn't leak out. But again, like it's not like he was here. I don't think he was in Baltimore to have like a press conference or anything. I'm sure he just kind of faxed it in from Texas or wherever he was at. But again, I mean, we ha- the last time we saw Chris Davis was in spring training of this year in like the first game when he when he has that you know that injury in his back or whatever. But um. I mean, you know, all, all the off-the-field stuff, it's great. He does donates a bunch to children's hospitals and stuff like that. So you won't catch me saying a bad thing about him off the field. On the field, obviously, it's a different story. Um, just didn't produce like like we had hoped for that deal. But I don't think anyone was ever going to live up to that deal. I mean, we could go on and on talking about these, you know, huge contracts. I know Jared and Dallas on starting nine literally went through pretty much every $100 million contract. And you could probably count on one hand you know, how many really worked out, but um, I mean, he, he was fun to watch. We, he was one of our guys. And like I said, I don't know if I said on the podcast or not, but like, I remember when they traded for him and I was like, damn, we're not signing. Uh, we're not going to sign Prince Fielder now. Like they got their first <laughs> baseman. And I mean, again, he, he was, when he was, uh, when he was on, he was awesome. And when he was bad, he was really bad, but he's just as much of that core as JJ and Adam and Manny and Britain and, and, you know, all those guys. So it's, I feel like now it's, it's not going to be the talking point. It's not going to be every spring training, two weeks before spring training. What's Chris Davis going to do? How are they going to keep him on the roster? Like, yeah, he's going to get paid. It's whatever. He was always going to get the money. But that, that question hanging over Brandon Hyde and Michael Isis' head is finally over, and now they can worry about what Buster Olney and, and all them are going to say every week now. I couldn't, I couldn't really believe just how measured the like, Orioles' Twitter was overall. Like, they seem very reasonable and rational about – it was very um, weird. I it thought was, so many people weird. were going to dive all over him like they have for three or four years now, which like, you know me, I'm the don't let Chris Davis get hot guy. That's my shtick. It's I. It's because I love Chris Davis. I may have been the biggest Chris Davis guy out there. I've got his jersey in my closet hanging right now. He he hit, what, like three home runs in four spring training games before what, last season? When, yeah. When, yeah. Right before COVID. I, yep. I wore his jersey out to the bar on a Thursday in like <laughs> early March. That's how fired up I was for Chris Davis to be back. He was hitting everything in sight. He was hitting opposite field home runs. He was doing what he does when he starts to heat up. And so um, I think we'll never know what could have happened if just maybe, just maybe COVID doesn't come in and just, I mean, derails the entire thing. Cause I think he was going to make that contract worth it. I think he was, he is saving up a lot of dingers, a lot of dongs um, for a lot of years. Fired he, off was one last time? Nestling. he was just, uh, eh, you know, Maybe, maybe next like spring training, I'll try to talk, talk everybody into like bringing him back. Like, Hey, like, or maybe if we like, if, if 2022 isn't going so hot, it's like, well, you know, we're still kind of paying this guy. We might as well have him come out and take a few cuts. Um, but yeah, Chris Davis, like um, exactly what you said, like he was part of some great teams. Um, there were some def- definite lows to say the least, but uh, all in all, the guy was, was a great guy. Um meant a lot to the community and um he's made himself a lot of money he's gonna enjoy the hell out of retirement i'm sure it's funny i i think that the measured reaction was because i don't think many people had more bullets in the chamber to destroy this guy with i mean this was like three or four years of just absolutely piling on a lot for good reason because he you know devolved into a guy that was making a ton of money and playing horrible baseball but at a certain point, you just can't. When the guy finally retires, I actually wasn't surprised to see people be like, let's remember the good times. This guy was fun to watch. 
great guy in the community because I just think that everyone had exhausted all of the angst and it kind of put all of that to bed, um, which is nice. I mean, this guy doesn't deserve to get destroyed on the way out. Um, if he was a, you know, bad with the media or, or, or a jerk in the community, you know, it would have been a lot worse, but by all accounts was, you know, a, a guy that, that, that really represented the, or, represented the organization. Well, to me, the thing that I will take away is that a guy exists with these two seasons on his resume, 53 home runs, 138 RBIs, 268, 370, 34, leading the league in homers, RBIs, and total bases. That same player also has a 168, 243, 296. He has an OPS of 1.004 in one season and 539 in another season. That's the same player four years apart. <laughs> That's that is ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, as you guys said, I mean, he almost won the MVP. He finished third? behind Mike Trout and Miguel Cabrera. Those names are two all-time baseball two seasons. All-time that season. first, 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 first mega first bout Hall of Famers. He was third, and you know, fifty-three homers and one hundred and thirty-eight RBIs wins you the MVP in in other years. So, you know, that is nothing. You know, that's a significant thing to have done in a past twenty years of Orioles baseball that has had very low moments, some of which include him, but. You know, that, that's a significant achievement. I, there's, I think, an article. I think Dan Connell did an article whether he would deserve to be in the Orioles Hall of Fame. I think it's a pretty interesting case for a team Hall of Fame because of the highs and the unbelievable lows. Wait, who, I think he, who asked that question? Dan Connolly. I was going to say, Banks it was it out. Me. I was going to Oh, I saw it. I saw his comment. I didn't see your thing. Oh, oh no. I tweeted it, like, it, partially because of RDT on doing his thing and being on the road and – they're just kind of being a void of Chris Davis talk amongst us, us as a group. I just started firing off Chris Davis takes and just put out, well, it's the question that we all want to ask right now, because this is a very serious topic and it should be up for debate, which like. To, I think it's to, a legitimate question. I don't think it is. He's a, he's an Orioles offer. He's an all uh, Orioles. Yeah, he's an Orioles offer. Cause guess Anyways. who just went in JJ Hardy. But I and did I'm that sorry. T- if you're going to put in JJ <laughs> Hardy, you've got to put in Chris Davis. That tweet. Uh, I'm, we'll touch on that in a second. The, that tweet was, was just to be clear, that was a troll tweet. That was put <laughs> out there to elicit all the angry responses and the polarizing responses that I knew that it would. And there were some people that were like disgusted that I even asked. But the majority of the people were very measured. That's what I meant by that earlier. I, I, I was feel very like surprised how reasonable. They know though. Most people what? I think most I of the think- people say no. Like I'm sure the so. most of the most people, people who yes. responded to your to your tweet probably. I, I would say it was seventy thirty. Yes, I think in a vacuum of Baltimore people, which is most of obviously your guys' fan base, there would be a lot of yeses. I think if he does end up getting inducted, it will be something that is mocked nationally because people will not remember nationally the like four really really good seasons that he had and the fact that he was, as you said, a part of a core of position players that led the Orioles to their most significant success, you know, of a decade. So, but I, I like, if Chris, if it's announced, you know, in four years, three years that Chris Davis is an Orioles Hall of Famer, that will get trolled on Twitter by a variety of different people, actually, because people will be like, ah, wasn't this guy the worst player in baseball? It is amazing that he, as you said, RDT, at times over the last 
three years, you know, could have been considered the worst position player in baseball and then have done enough in his career to also be a Hall of Famer for a team. That's a very bizarre resume. I mean, it yeah, really, like, really like, is. Like we said, he finished third in MVP voting in, you know, eight years ago. And it's like, I mean, we're not that far removed from some of these seasons. Even his year in 2015, it, we'll look at 2016, last time they made it to the playoffs. 38 home runs, 84 RBIs, and he batted 221, which is like, you know what? I would take that right now. Like, oh sign God. me up for a 38 and 84 season from anyone, and, like, I'll deal with the 221. I, but I yeah. think that, that Chris Davis, J.J. Hardy question, is that's an interesting one to me. Like, who would be more deserving? If you could only pick one or the other to get into the Orioles Hall of Fame, who would you pick? Because the JJ. rationale that Taylor's using is if, if Hardy's in, then Davis has to be in, which would seem to place Davis higher than Hardy. I mean, we could we could get into these conversations and like, do you put Chris is Chris Tillman in the Orioles Hall of Fame? Is is Wayne Chen in the Orioles Hall of Fame? You know, some of those guys who again Tillman Tillman had some good years. Tillman and made he, an All Star game or two. Hardy yeah, made yeah, a handful. I mean, he made. Or, I mean, Hardy was the gold glove. He won three gold winner. gloves and he made one All Star team. I have his baseball reference in front of he me. He was the guy though. He was like the first one. He what did he get traded in twenty ten? And it's kind of like he was the one he signed three, two different three-year extensions to stay in Baltimore. Like his speech, you know, on last two Saturdays ago was very like, I wanted to be here. They wanted me. And it's like, it was, it was much like he said he felt like a homegrown player and stuff like that. I, I think if, if I had to choose between Davis and Hardy, I'd go Hardy. Yeah. I think it's, I, I think the, the thing that sticks out to me about Davis is just the incredibly high peak. Um, I think his peak st- if you're just looking offensively is probably a little bit better than Hardy's. Although Hardy's three-year peak is the funny part about Hardy's three-year peak is he drops, he really drops off the face of the earth afterward. Yeah. Not off the face of the earth. Maybe that's a little his strong. Pop just yeah, his, pop just go, his pop just absolutely goes away. Once he got past 30, he goes 30 home runs in his first season in Baltimore, 22 in his second, 25 in his third goes nine, eight, nine, four in his final four years of his career. Totally loses all of his pop and really doesn't hit for average, you know, hits two seasons just under 270 and then two seasons under 220 in his last four. So the defense is definitely there. As you said, a guy that wanted to be here. But Chris Davis is going to get the same credit too because he was such a community guy. He's going to remember, get remembered very fondly within the organization. And I think as he goes on, people around here will, will, because the years he was bad, the Orioles were so bad anyway for the most part. It's not as if, you know, him, it's not like watching Cody Bellinger on the Dodgers right now where they're an amazing team. And if he could just not hit 180, they would be a lot better. Like Chris Davis mm-hmm. was bad on really bad teams. Well, yeah. also, I mean, the 2014 season when he got suspended, that was his 196 season. The 26 home runs, 72 RBIs, but he hit a buck 96. His on-base percentage was 300. That's when he ended up getting suspended, oddly enough, I'll never forget this, on 9-11. Like I remember that morning, like read, watching the man in the red bandana, watching all the sports center stuff and then being like, Oh, by the way, Chris Davis is suspended. Um, yeah. And again, I mean, he was, he was part of that crew that was out, but it like, I mean, th- that was the year when, again, the Orioles were arguably the best team in the, in the American league. And he was terrible. He was, he was bad that. Year. Yep. That's fair. Yeah. I think that gets, I guess that also gets forgotten among like the really good among the two years where he was in MVP voting. It's just a, it's a, he's a weird baseball reference. Like I love looking at people's baseball references and trying to judge their careers just off the baseball reference. He has such a weird baseball reference. Yeah. And it's not, it's not the weird, like Tony Gwynn or like Barry Bonds is weird. Yeah. Those are, those are fun. Like these are the, like, 
wait, what, like, did he bat righty for a year? Like what, what is going on? And yeah, I mean, again, like, you know, he had the, the, I guess, quote unquote PEDs, even though I think we all know it was Adderall and, and the, the exemption and stuff like that. I think it still goes down as a PED, you know, suspension. So. But that Hardy Davis debate is interesting. I, I guess the way I said it sounded like I would endorse Davis for sure over Hardy. I'm, I may I think it's a legit – I think it's a legit debate, and I think you could easily take Hardy first over Davis. Sure. I'm, I may toss that out tomorrow morning and let the – I'd be interested to see what the, the, the Orioles' Twitter sphere's thoughts on that. I think a lot of it is going to be a jerk reaction to Hardy because he just doesn't have any horrible years, mm-hmm. or at least compared to, like, what the peaks were. Like <clears> – <throat> J.J. Hardy's career is I do bad radio because I'm using a hand motion. You know, it's just like a very solid thing. And then he kind of goes into a valley and then comes back up. It goes into a valley and comes back up. Chris Davis is like giant peak, <laughs> falls down the peak, back to a giant peak, and then just just tumbles off the, you know, Mount Everest. I think like, there's something just- to be said about that. I mean, J.J. Hardy was a model of consistency for the most part, at least for the at least for the 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 things that he was known for, which was the defense. It was the playing a premium position and doing his thing up the middle. Um and then the other thing, of course, that's working against Davis is like, yeah, he played really poorly in those three or four years at the back end there. But he also, from just a, like a front office standpoint, like from, uh, I don't know, cash flow, whatever you want to call it, like it was d- completely destructive to the way that the Orioles, their kind of their winning ways kind of went out the window. So that's going yeah. to be counted against him, and that's – I mean, there's some merit to that, I would say. Yeah, and because, again yeah. – the, every... the question is, can you blame a guy for signing a contract that it was put in front of him? Right. Like, I think that's more of an organizational issue. You can blame him for the bad performance, and maybe, like, you couldn't build a team around him because of the way he performed, and you were going to have to go for lower price guys because you gave him so much money. Um, but the Orioles just the, – or, the Orioles just made a miscalculation, and they – they panicked because they, they did the panic move that so many teams do teams in the, in the NBA do it all the time when they have money. It's like, we have this money. This is the guy that wants to stay here. We have to give him the money. We just have to, we just, what else are we going to do? We have to do mm-hmm. it because well, they don't think they can attract any free agents. Well, and also, I mean, a lot of people like, that's the thing. It's not like he was coming off the 26 for 72 season batting a buck 96 was he, he was a free agent after 2015. So he had 40, 47 homers, 47 home runs batted 262 and 117 RBIs. If they would have let him walk, I and again, like I, a lot I think a lot of the people who we all ended up beating up on him at some point or another, but I think a lot of people wanted him back. Because again, if if he would have walked and say he went to St. Louis or something like that and put up two or three decent years, it would have been like this team, I can't believe they let him walk and blah blah blah, but that it on the flip side they also would have had more money. But I, the long story, I think a lot of these people did want him back and and probably would have legitimately been upset if, if they let him walk. Because at that point, you would have been looking at three out of four seasons, taking out the 196 outlier. You would have looked at three seasons where he had 33 or more home runs in three out of four seasons, over hit over 260. And would play gold glove caliber defense. Like He was a damn good – he was a gold glove finalist a couple times. Like He, he was very solid over there at first. So clubhouse guy, people it, liked him, you know, awesome in the community. It's a, it's a very, very fascinating career. And I think is one that got its proper um, conjecture on Twitter really last week and throughout the last few years. I mean, it's, 
He's one of the he's one of the more interesting Baltimore sports stories of the last decade. Just, he really, really is. I just found a tweet from February 2020 during that spring training run last year by Chris Davis, where I modeled out how he was going to make back all that contract. <laughs> where I said, okay, if this is a seven year contract, he's supposed to be a 50 home run guy. Uh, he said X amount of home runs so far. He just needs to average 86 each of the next three years, and he's going to do it. <laughs> I remember I had the well, blog. Damn you, COVID. I I wrote the blog. I said, I can't believe Chris Davis is going to win the comeback player of the year and MVP all in the same season. Yeah. That was February 2020. And, and like, do they have, like, a humanitarian of the year good guy there? He could have won that, too. Yeah, probably. Like, we'll throw that in. I'm going to retweet that right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Chris Davis. Chris Davis. Um, there's, there's really not much more to talk about on the Orioles front. I mean, it just talking about historically bad. <laughs> we were talking about Chris Davis being historically bad. This Orioles team is historically bad. This, right this may be, and I'll go on record. This is the worst. They've, they've had two 12 game losing streaks. And I hate this one a lot more than I hated the first one. We'll just say that. Like, this is just getting their dicks kicked in every single night. I think we were- now they're going to be minus nine, was it 70? They're going to be like minus 87 run difference on their last, I think, 12 or 13 games. Now. Here are the losses. 13-1, They're down 10 nothing as we record right now on Tuesday. I think someone, someone had said that the average score of their last, like, 12 games is, like, 10-3. to 3. I mean, that's a joke. It's insane. And it's, I mean, again, like, we, we talked last week with Jeremy about the, the mainstream media guys gearing, you know, ganging up on them and it's like well now they may kind of have a point where like yeah they should have waited a week yeah we really should have but i mean mean, they should they should have waited a week to write that you write that tomorrow when the the orioles lose 10 nothing and lose their 13th in a row or whatever it is you have a little bit more that's but buster only he's out early in the morning with his snide like retweets and he like he tweeted after the uh the orioles played the red sox like wow the red sox really picked a great time to play the orioles blah 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 like getting their groove back and shit like that like (laughs) He's, he's coming himself right now over all this. The amazing part about what the Orioles are going to have to deal with is they sit at the bottom of an incredible division. And they are playing so many games against the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Rays, and the Red Sox, who are all, you know, in an absolute scrap to try to get into the playoffs. You know, the Red Sox and Yankees are playing two huge games today. You know, when the Rays and the Yankees play and the Rays, and the, I mean, these are huge series that these teams are going to play and then interspersed in it, they're just going to go beat up on the Orioles with just all their gears firing. Even Matt Harvey has thrown out quotes about never being on a losing team like this. I mean, that's when, you know, you're just falling into rock bottom. We, uh, uh, the Orioles have the hardest uh, remaining schedule left, which is like, great. Why not? Like I saw they were the first team to minus 200 on the run differential and, yeah, I mean it's it's it is really bad. Good good news is I did tweet at Elijah Green, the projected number one pick for next year, some high school kid who is like a stud, and I just tweeted and all I said was like, "Please God, tell me you're good at baseball," and he liked it. So I think I think we're, <laughs> we're on the right track. I've already been in the Instagram, you know, the comment section asking him about crab cakes and stuff like that. So you're like one of the friendly. You, this is one of the things we hate in college sports is these the booster guys. Like, cl- no, these clowns on Twitter that tweeted every recruit about like stay at home and all this stuff, all these weirdos. You somehow straddle the line of like tweeting at a high school kid, like, Hey, do you like crab cakes? And for some reason that just doesn't bother me as much as it's <laughs> asking like, a question, you know, yeah. how do you like them fried or broiled? You know, it's whatever. Where's he from? Uh, 
I have no idea. I want to say Georgia. Let's say that. South Carolina, maybe. Elijah Green. Elijah Green. Let's Windermere, look. Florida. Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Miami commit. IMG, baby. Yeah, he ain't he ain't going to Coral Gables. He is not going to be playing for Miami. Um, yeah. Go go look at his most recent likes. You'll Orioles see. go Rays, Braves, Angels. Oh, I cannot. Is Trout going to be back for that? Rays, <laughs> Toronto. Yankees, Kansas City, Toronto, Yankees, Red Sox, Philly, Texas, Red Sox, Toronto. Load. I'll say I, I do think that Angel series is going to be a good series to go to. Like that may be the one where you're like, all right, you know what? This may be the last one, last games to go to because the Otani factor is real. Oh, like, uh, the Otani. And he's projected to start one of those games. Yeah. My, yeah I, Wednesday. I, know, I know people who have bought tickets to all three games just in hopes that he's going to pitch one of them. They're going to like go to all of them, but they just want to see him pitch. I like, I, I would not hate going to one of those games. I would just want to boot trout. Is he off the disabled or the, Oh no, you didn't see he was playing. IL. He was playing catch today. Was he? My, my one buddy, right. my one By buddy, the way, an angels friend. Fan. And then we'll get off baseball here. Really awesome stuff for the angels to be wasting a historically great season from Shohei Otani as they've done with Mike Trout, this organization, like the Orioles, you know, and the, and the Cubs and, and all these teams that are kind of tanking right now deserve all this blame. I don't think anyone crushes the Los Angeles angels enough. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the only person that has a platform to sit here, just crush the angels. Like, Oh my God, Mike Trout is so good. Oh, Tani's so good. And they just lose and they lose and they lose and they lose and they finish around 500. And they don't do anything like screw them. That's the thing. Would you rather be the Orioles or the Cubs or the Nationals and, and actually attempt to rebuild? Or would you rather be this hovering around 500, you know, under 500 and, and just be going nowhere for years and years? I'd say I'd rather be the Angels, but after watching them do this with Trout for 10 years, the Otani thing would almost trigger me more. Then mm-hmm. it's like, oh my God, we're doing this again. We have again, another yeah. otherworldly talent and we can't win any games. Two generational just, talents and yet yeah. – you. One of them's not may not sniff an All Star game, and one guy or a, a playoff game, and one guy got swept out in what three games back in 2014? Crazy, it's crazy. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, the greatest streak in sports continues. No preseason losses since 2015. Uh, you know this is what they should be talking about in every single show. Uh, Banks, you you went back and rewatched. You did a full rewatch on the first preseason game. I did. Thank you. For, thank you for your service. <laughs> No problem. Can you uh, give us some takeaways about the uh, the Ravens' continuous preseason success? Well, you should never doubt John Harbaugh, pretty much ever, but definitely during August. You just shouldn't do it. Uh, I saw some people out there just kind of throwing shit against the wall, saying like, oh, because this thing's going, like there's no way he keeps it up, but he does it again and again and again. So he comes out there, um, looked a little, you know, it was a sloppy game from both sides. Um Saints were sloppier than, than the Ravens were. We took advantage. Uh, I mean, they, I think they turned over the ball in our red zone multiple times. I mean, we're, I, I could go into like a real analysis of this game or I could just hammer out some, some actual observations because like from a football standpoint, um, winning the game, the Ravens kind of, kind of stole one there with six takeaways. Um, but stuff that just kind of jumped out of me first play of the game, the, the opening kickoff uh, watching LJ Fort, sprint downfield and, and make a tackle on the opening kickoff wearing number three was terrifying. I thought Matt Stover was trying to make a tackle in the middle of <laughs> people running full speed at each other. And I, it, it scared me for a second. Um, so the single digit thing is, is very weird already. I can't tell if Patrick queen looks bigger or if it's because he's got a single digit number in the middle of his chest 
and is, he just looks like a different size person because of it. So um, this is the hard-hitting analysis that you rewatch games for that I'm throwing at you right now. Um, other than that, like, offensive line didn't look all that great. We definitely are ready to get Ronnie Stanley out there. Um, Tyree Phillips looked shaky at best at left tackle, especially with Trace McSorley. McSorley didn't look terribly comfortable in the pocket the first couple drives. McSorley also is out for the preseason with a back injury. Um, so it, it kind of looks like it's a Tyler Huntley show and he went down and he put a drive together and finished it off. Um, so you got to give kudos to him for that. But besides that, the offense wasn't really moving the football all that much. It was just kind of ugly football. Um, but good to have fans back. It's good to have people back in the building and enjoying themselves and seeing some familiar faces and seeing Lamar Jackson get crazy on the sideline, just rooting his guys on. That's always a fun thing to see, which is really what we want at this point. Like we, this team is so fun when they're playing well or, or when they're, you know, Lamar is just kind of out there being a kid and, and being himself and doing all that kind of stuff. So I'm ready to flush the last few weeks behind us and, and move on and, and hopefully see him play a little bit. They're going to have these joint practices against Carolina the next couple of days. Um, and then they're going to have their preseason game down there on Saturday night. I'm excited to see Lamar maybe get some snaps, maybe not. I don't know. I hope he does, but um, at least see a little more from the ones. Um, but either way, hey, they they got they found a way to get it done. I feel like that's a reflection of the culture here in Baltimore. They have deep rosters. They they get these undrafted free agents that fight for positions. I I, I year after year I say this. I think the Ravens get the best undrafted free agents because this is a, a an organization that gives those guys a real fighting chance to make the team and make something of themselves. So when they have an opportunity, when they don't get drafted, they look at Baltimore and they pray for Baltimore to pick up the phone and call them. And so um, that definitely gives them an advantage. And I think that that kind of shines through in a little, in a, in a small way when it comes to these late preseason games with these guys fighting for rice uh, roster spots. So um, I don't, you know, you could probably point out a, a handful of different reasons why John, John Harbaugh is reeling off this ridiculous winning streak in the preseason. But I think that's the first thing I would look at um, in terms of that. Yeah. I think the Ravens just really take the preseason seriously like yeah. in terms of building organizational depth, whether that is going to help them specifically help, you know, what guys are going to be in the practice squad, which guys are going to make the roster or which guys to, to deal and try to get assets from other teams. I think they really look at that, you know, one to whatever the number is, as you know, I think they have 85 guys in the roster right now. I'm looking at it. Yeah. 85. Um, yeah. Um, 85 active three and active, something like that. Another point that has to be made. Jake Verity is already a fifth round pick waiting to happen. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's going to lock that in. Cause every, this is just a great genius move that they've, potentially going to pull again every team is looking for there there's always teams looking for a kicker right now just you always have these clown show teams that don't have their kicker situation nailed down and this is why you they bring in guys you know put them behind the best kicker in football have them watch them for a couple weeks and they become unbelievable so um yeah from what i saw as well um a little bit of a sloppy affair kind of to be expected in the first preseason game but you know i think you now you with 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 the the one thing you know and this came into play and could come into play with Lamar Jackson's doing. Um, I think it's pretty clear that Tyler Huntley is probably going to be the backup considering McSorley is hurt and Huntley looked a little bit better of the two. 
uh, the offensive line is definitely a little bit is definitely a concern at this point, and that can that can change over the next two or three weeks. But for sure, they have a lot of guys out. There, is there not? Sh- we are we do not know who the starting offensive line is, which is concerning considering how yeah. much that unit means to the team. So that's they, that's to me the biggest point of concern. They really didn't move the football very well on the ground either. They didn't break any long ones hardly at all. Um, Tyler Huntley kind of broke a decent size one at one point, but. Um, neither of the quarterbacks threw for over a hundred yards. Um, let me see what the yards per carry was for the team. Um, cause it really didn't seem like many, uh, 4.4 is not bad. It's a little bit inflated when you get those quarterback runs mixed in, but, um, yeah, it, it just wasn't. Did not, they didn't do anything all that impressive. They, they made some plays defensively. I thought Anthony Averett was, very good. He had a touchdown thrown against him, but I thought he did everything he could to try to break it up. And um, little Jordan Humphrey just did a great job of squeezing that one. But um, they clamped in the second half. I mean, they pitched a shutout in the second half and held the Saints at 14 and gave their team a chance. So um, we're, we're kind of diving into the into the weeds on this. It's just a preseason game, but um, it's football and it's back, baby. Good to have it back. Pre-season, just having preseason football in general back was fun this week. Uh, it's just fun to have all the, the the games being played at weird times on weird channels. NFL Network. This is really the time to have NFL Network. This is when you get the most out of it. Just watch random preseason games. It, uh, it is it is great when I'm like literally Saturday. I like sit down and I'm like, all right, I got I got to put the NFL Network like channel back in my. I got 586 for MLB Network, 577 for Masson, 579 for Masson two, 573 ESPN. And now I just got to throw uh, NFL Network right back into the rotation. So it, it's it's a warm up. It's preseason for us too. Get yeah, Ray- on the NFL Network channel. Ravens back again on Saturday. Yeah, they're gonna do, they go down to have the uh, the joint practices with the Carolina Panthers, um, and then they will play the Panthers on Saturday, and then are at the WFTs to finish out the preseason the following Saturday. So um, if you wanted to watch the Ravens at a home preseason game, uh, you're out of luck because those are over after one week. Um, only three weeks of preseason. You, and then, you can go to Ral John. Y- yeah. Yeah. You could do that. I wouldn't <laughs> recommend it. I wouldn't no. either. I wouldn't either. That's just, just a bad place to go. Um, and then it'll be the Raiders who um, announced the big, really had the, one of the biggest announcements in sports today, which was that they're going to check vaccination for everyone that enters or require vaccination for everyone. And that's so, talking vaccinations. That's so Lamar, vaccinations. What, what does he do? Yeah. A lot of Lamar, a lot of Lamar content. And that's talking vaccinations. <laughs> um, so uh, it's, that's coming quick though. We're going to be back with our, the, the instant analysis and, pods. Yep. I cannot wait for those. Um, those it's going to be a late one. We want to be a late instant analysis pod. It will allow me to have my post one o'clock game red zone nap though, as I don't have, mm. Which I have not had to have because we always have the one o'clock games and then the the, the recap pod. So really, thank me for my service. I get, I get my naps back until the second half of the four o'clock games. Um, that's that's really it for the Ravens talk. Some stuff. I mean, Marlon Humphrey. We'll see. Hopefully, that's nothing too bad. Um, and then we're gonna we're gonna have some of these roster battles, which I think are gonna be kind of interesting. Um, concerned for my guy Miles Boykin. I'm just I'm concerned for him. <laughs> I'm just concerned for him. Doesn't like, look great for him. Doesn't look great for him right now. Um, so roster, I think roster battles will kind of come more into focus after this preseason game. Um, we kind of see 
you know, a little bit more from the ones and, and, and what that kind of looks like. And then you can kind of filter that down. I think we'll have the ability to break that down a little bit more next week. And, um, and then we'll, we'll be having some regular season football here very, very soon. That brings us to the starting five draft presented by fed thrill. And that means the sunglasses come on boys. It's fed thrill time. Summer. Don't give up on summer. Summer's still going on. Still a few weeks. Still Labor Day weekend coming up, baby. Get your Fed Thrill Strong glasses. This is so tough to get these over my regular glasses. Um, if only they made prescription. If only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we got to figure something out. Yeah, gotta, yeah, I'm not done. Exit 52 is the promo code. Exit 52 is the promo. I'm, I'm jumping in thrill. on the promo here. We Go got a golf thrill. tournament coming to town next next weekend. Four days of great golf. You're gonna oh be yeah. Fun. You want to protect your eyeballs. You know. The best way to go to these golf tournaments is get there early when there's not that many people there. You can get as close to these golfers as, as you really want and, and see these caddy golfer interactions up close and really get a feel for everything out there. And when it's real early in the morning there, the sun's low in the sky. It can be right in your eyeballs. You want to have your, your federal sunglasses out there protecting your eyeballs and, and making sure that you're flighting those golf balls and, and keeping an eye on them and, um, and looking good out there too. That's, that's probably the most important thing. You're going to be looking fly AF out there in your fed thrill sunglasses. So exit, exit 52, the promo code, 20% off. There it is. Go out and watch that stuff. You'll Case see, well, I can't you'll wait. see banks roving around there. Mm-hmm. I'll be roving around there on Saturday as well. That boy. Um, this week. So you guys have both watched this documentary. I have not watched it yet. The Malice at the Palace documentary on Netflix, which looked tremendous in the trailer. Uh, RDT, you've watched the whole thing. Banks, you have not finished it, right? I've not finished it. You've not finished it. Rave you want to spoil it for, for you? You know what happened? Uh, they all hug. And I'd rather walk you not out hand in hand. I don't know what's going to happen. I, don't, I didn't watch the trailers or anything. They, they sing, um, what was that song? What was the song a celebrity sang last year? Stop mm. COVID. Mm. <laughs> nice yeah um that is the inspiration for this week's starting five draft presented by fed thrill things we wish twitter was around for we were talking about what the pop-off on twitter would have been like for the mouse in the palace so this is what has sparked this specific draft idea things we wish twitter is around for sports sports adjacent this will kind of go in a variety of different directions but that is the draft this week. RDT, you have the first pick. I have the second pick, and Banks has the third pick. So RDT, with an absolutely gigantic board of things you could possibly pick here, you get to pick at number one. I think I have about 30 things on my list. This is one of the ones that I wanted to have the number one spot to. Wow. Hmm. Again, this is a conversation that always comes up. ESPN always tweets it out. It's always a good thread. Uh, to get into my one, one is the OJ chase. And mm. it, it's, I mean, it's just, it's like an iconic day in sports. Um, I mean, cause what, what else did you have? Didn't you have the Rangers uh, Stanley you had Cup the Rangers parade. Stanley Cup parade. You had Knicks Rockets, in the Knicks. Stanley Cup. You had Arnold Palmer, Arnold Palmer finishing at the US Open. There's an incredible 30 for 30, June 17th, 1994. Four, I yeah, awesome. that's one of the best. That's one of my favorite 30 for 30s. And it's cool. It's, it's, there's like, I don't think they said there's not one word set like correct. It is all archival footage. There's no yeah. narration, there's no interviews. It is just all stitched through archival for footage, which is awesome. And, um, I mean, the, the OJ, the OJ chase was one of the first 
things that I remember. Like I remember my parents like sitting down and, or, you know, like being in the living room or something and like breaking it and being like, Oh, this is, here's what's going on. And my parents just being like, Holy shit. And then like hearing them call their friends and talk about it and like seeing it on the news and the newspapers and the magazines everywhere, everywhere. And I mean, Twitter, <laughs> I mean, Twitter is ruthless. Like it would have been, we would have gotten some absolutely fantastic memes out of it. There was, Twitter would have been popping. It would have been unreal to see the comments and the photoshops and the memes that were getting pushed out. Um, so I, I, yeah, I had to take OJ with the, uh, with the, 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 the famous chase and the helicopter and the, and the white, the white Bronco and the, the, the wall of cop cars and every people standing on the bridges like, like he was a, like a, like the Beatles coming to town and all that shit. Yeah, these are the these are the, the fullest of events beyond the OJ chains. As we said, Rangers in the in the ticker tape parade, commencement of the nineteen eighty four World Cup, first time in the United States, which has the famous um, Diana Ross kicking the ball outside of the goal with the goal exploding, which is an incredible video. Where was, that, where was that World Cup at? It was all over the country. The opening uh-huh. game, I believe, was in Pasadena, but I uh, I was going to say like LA. that or no Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. Um, Ken Griffey Jr. tying Babe Ruth's record for the most home runs before June 30th in a season. That season obviously ended up um, uh, ending with the strike and, um, and then the, the Knicks and the Rockets in the NBA Finals. Very good pick. OJ Chase would have been incredible on Twitter. Um, I am going to take here with the second pick um, another iconic event in sports that I also think would have just been incredible Twitter fodder for the jokes for I think like the the hype videos for it would have been unbelievable. The videos coming out of it would have been unbelievable. The emotion involved. I'm taking the miracle on ice. I think the miracle on ice would have been an incredible lead up on Twitter. The patriotic fervor hating on the Russians, the people getting upset because they want to be friends with everybody about hating on the Russians, the stories of all the kids from college. These guys would all become like stars, you know, one would start like dating some like Disney channel star when these college kids, like all this stuff would have started happening in Lake Placid, New York. You know, we would have had, it would have been great. It would have been great. So I'm taking the miracle on ice. I, I really just, because somebody would have made just an insanely good hype video about the U S and the, so the dominant Soviets that just would have just, you know, I think about Twitter and, and some of those things and how, you know, whatever the, whoever's running U S hockey, Twitter would have had it just, an, I mean, it would have been an all time Twitter run. I think about like live tweeting a sport for an account. Oh my God. The miracle on ice guy would have, or girl would have just been just sending out just everything, just ca- oh, caps lock, you know, memes, hype videos. So miracle on ice. It's a great and pick. Like, I mean, yeah. that was my one and two back to back there in, in exact order. I think those are two that just have to go in the first round. Um, so it's not as though I'm scrambling here whatsoever, but those are just phenomenal picks. So probably the most iconic sporting event for like what it meant and the win itself in American sports history. And then just the wildest happening in American sports history, just like what a turn of events. And then just all the stuff that surrounded the OJ stuff. So, yeah, I've got a bunch that are right there on this next level. I think that are, I mean, just that's the top tier. You guys have the two top tier picks there and then i think this is where everything just opens up completely i think there's just a bajillion options um i am with the first rounder that i have here i'm gonna take 
Mm, I'm going to take the Mike Tyson Evander Holyfield ear bite. Mm, I, mm-hmm. I was going to say mm-hmm. I would loop that one in with. Yeah, I think that's the closest thing that exists to the OJ Simpson type of thing. Um, what was that, 1999, I want to say? Uh, 97. 97. I mean, I was six twice. years old, but I remember like waking up the next morning and it just being sensational. Like it was just all you could like all that was being talked about in my house like all that was on tv it's crazy i mean it's just i don't even know how else to describe it like literally bit a chunk out of guys here and spat it out it's crazy i think it's gonna be hard to take this after saying this so i'll like you could make a case that the entire tyson era just hit just his entire yeah. like run up the ladder. And maybe somebody can take this. Maybe I'll take this. And I don't, I don't mind. Cause you already mentioned Tyson. The, there's so many Tyson things could be involved. That's I think the top, top level that would have been cause Holyfield's a gigantic name as well. Like there's a lot to him too, but um, everything involved with Tyson's really rise up the ladder is, is would have been crazy as well. Um, am, so yeah. am I being an idiot or, um, has there not really been a thirty for thirty on Tyson? That may be there has. Like there's been a th- there's been a thirty for thirty on Tyson, and um, oh my God, Buster Douglas. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, but you're so you're yeah. not you're talking like not his full. It's called chasing. It's called overlook. chasing. It's called chasing Tyson. Not like a full overlook on his career. Ch- well, ch- excuse me. Chasing Tyson is the Vander is about Evander Holyfield. It's about Evander Holyfield trying to fight Tyson. There's also, and then there's a 30 for 30 on Buster Douglas, 42 to one. So there's two. One on Buster Douglas, one on, Ty- on Holyfield. One from, sorry, one from Buster Douglas's perspective, one from Holyfield's perspective on Tyson. And then there's another Tyson documentary that I think HBO did. But Gotcha. Okay. All right. My next pick here. Um, again, there's so many friggin' tough ones here. I think in terms of a moment that just like lives in infamy, and just was pure chaos as it unfolded is Cal Stanford band is on the field. Mm, yeah. On my I list. think in terms of just like, just the play it's just band is on the field, um, which we have a modern day comparison to, to a degree. I think the, the kick six is as close as it there is of a single shocking play that just changed the entire game, flipped it on its head, miracle play. Um, and that's in the Twitter era and we saw what that was. And that was, I mean, that's an all time Twitter era moment. So the band on the field would have been unfreaking believable. Cause there would yeah. have been the, like, if you weren't watching it, you would see it and be like, Oh, there's probably a penalty or, Oh, they stopped the game or something like that. It's just a crazy scene. And then it's kind of just like that, like the kick six when you're just like waiting for like the yellow to pop up and be like, Oh wait, no, nothing like this is, this is just going. And it would, yeah, it was, I, I think it's a good call. I, I definitely had it on mine and the, just a reaction of everything. Cause again, you cycle in, you, you know, you factor in the gambling aspect of it and stuff like that. Like people would have, people would have been going nuts. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. It was on my list. It was on my list for sure. Um, with my second pick, I'm going to kind of stay back a little bit more in the old days there. And I kind of want to take this guy generally, but since we are sort of sticking to moments, I'll stick to a moment. Um, I'll say the rumble in the jungle and just sort of Ali in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, he would have been made for soundbite Twitter. He would have, I mean, he was the most famous person in the world, but specifically the rumble in the jungle, an all-time athlete comeback. Foreman was seen as, you know, an unbeatable guy. And just the ridiculousness of that event taking place in Zaire, 
would have just people would have just been had no idea why there would have been all the you know you know geopolitical controversy of why like a uh you know an authoritarian regime in in an african country was paying all this money to bring like two of the biggest stars in the world that would have caused a twitter ruckus people would have been joking about ali they'd have been joking about like all the people he's sleeping with they'd been joking about foreman you know you know being having a no, no personality there's just been a variety of things involved i really this really is just me taking ali because i think that there's yeah you know you have ali frazier all these different things he would have been an unbelievable Twitter presence. And like people, the funny part is people like to compare like a trash talker, like McGregor to Ali. If you go like read about Ali and watch those videos, he's on a totally other, and I love McGregor. He's on a totally other level than those guys in terms of stardom and what he's mean then to the world. And, you know, Olympic gold medalists and all these different things. So yeah, like Ali I'll take specifically the rebel in the jungle, but him on Twitter, just in general, over the course of his lifespan would have, and you saw the effect of his death. I think people see that now, but you know, Ali wouldn't have, his trash talk wouldn't have been your wife is in me DMS after he gets his leg broken. <laughs> like No, I mean, he, the th- yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have not been that. It would have, but he's just said ridiculous stuff to Joe Frazier. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just the whole thing. And yeah, the nation of it. I mean, if you're a sports fan and you've never like really deep dive on Muhammad Ali, which I mean, I, I'm sure fans of like a younger age or whatever have not. He's a, I mean, talk about just one of the all the time fascinating individuals of the 20th century. He's really, a, he's really like in the top 10 or 20. It's, it's a wild and probably the most fascinating athlete of the 20th century. Yeah. I mean, I, hard, I think it would be hard to argue that. Uh, RDT gets to Um, I'm going to go. Give me twenty-one thirty-one. Like sure. I, I think you, that, you, you have to take that. Yeah, I had, and I even thought about taking it one. I, I wasn't going to take it, <laughs> one, but um, I, I just think like that entire run up to it, like there would have been so many, like like you were saying, Taylor, the hype videos, the like, there would have been so many awesome things coming out of like the that day, and like the I, I don't like even twenty-one thirty. Like there would have been so many cool things just coming out from the city the team like there you would have gotten the videos from all the celebrities like coming out and 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 congratulating him and and pumping him up and all that stuff um it and it would have been cool to see the people at the game where i mean obviously you can't watch the game now without flash bulbs going off everywhere we're never going to see those pictures it would be sick to see you know you down the left field line brian right behind the dugout in the govs box or whatever like that flat you know on instagram live (laughs) taking pictures, stuff like that. Um, I, I think it would have been really cool. And I was at the 25th, is the 25th anniversary? No, it's the 15th anniversary, I guess, um, of the gate. No, was it 26, 25 or whatever? The last big anniversary they had um, for it. And he threw like the first pitch out to Brady. And that was a packed house. That was awesome on the anniversary of 2131. Um, but no, I, I just think that that would have been such an awesome moment um, to – to uh to see there and- i think also in terms of how we're spinning this like that would have been your all-time moment to be on twitter like you specifically oh I, I would like I there's would no other moment like- i would put you in to tweet than that one so like i think that factors in i would have gotten the like the email being like we're locking your account because too many tweets are being sent like we think like a robot has taken over your account <laughs> and like something like that like I your would- ipad probably would have just exploded Oh, yeah, it would have overheated. And you would have had no way to tweet. You would have just would, been in bliss. It would not have been good. You would have to bring your iPad to the game. 
you would have gone in the game. You had to bring your iPad. You can just stand in there with your iPad. Yeah, I mean, they have Wi-Fi. It's readily available. Yeah. <laughs> um, my next one. Give me. I. I don't know. Um, I'll I'll go the Steve Bartman game. I think that would have been fascinating. Um, oh, probably, that would have been so brutal way. for him. Oh, yeah, I mean, just, talk I mean, about. I kind of glad Twitter. I'm kind of glad Twitter didn't exist for that. Wouldn't have been good for him at all. Like, I mean, that guy's personal information would have been on Twitter. Oh, he would have been doxed within seconds. He, oh. his, he got so doxed as it was. It felt like Twitter did exist yeah. when it happened because yeah. the images are so vivid. Mm-hmm. of just him with the headphones and the whole thing like and in the twitter era that thing would have been like crystal clear hd his like for his like third cousin twice removed would have been tweeting from a burner i mean the whole thing just would have been devolved. yeah but you know what would have happened is like they would have found his twitter and someone would have gone to his likes and he would be like a huge anti-vaxxer like isis supporter shit like that there would have been and then there would have been like three guys whose usernames are kind of close to steve Barnes. Oh, like, it's be, not me it's not me there would be stop like a, tweeting me lol that gets like thirty thousand likes everyone yeah. for some reason likes that stuff i really yeah. don't get that at all but everyone like loves when it's like someone that's closer like oh then they like quote tweet them the bortman or something yeah. like that yeah. like oh no guys yeah and but you know what else there would have been there would have been the like steve bartman's headphones like tweeted out two minutes after being like oh i could i I, sorry i was listening to the game what did i miss guys you know how like there's always those like or there's always those trash accounts yeah it would have been like steven w bartman like a english lit professor at northwestern who's like getting all pissed (laughs) it's like oh i I, don't accost me i live in evanston it's like you know (laughs) i mean it's, it's the jerry sandusky thing from baltimore like like the reporter, yeah, 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 yeah. After all that happened, yeah. tweeted out a picture of Penn State sending his son that, like, come visit us, you know, as an incoming freshman. And he's like, Yeah, we're not think we're gonna pass on this. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it would have been, and also just like the whole game in general, because again, it's like that's not how the game, I mean, the game didn't end on that. It it's was a very like good baseball game. The the error, you know, with the shirt, who was it, Alex Gonzalez, who like never made errors. Yep. And like, what was it? There was a seventh inning and like of a clinching game. I think they, they could have won it. And just like watching it all unfold, like unravel. It's also, you know, the Cubs, the Cubs thing would have been an all time high there in terms of yeah. the like curse. you would have got, you would have got big cat on a live stream somewhere. And it would have been like the, the Indian series all over. Oh, it would have been an incredible electric chair moment. Um, but no, I mean, it's, I don't know. Cause that's like, that's another good 30 for 30. Um, that, but again, some of the memes where they would have put Bartman like reaching over, they would have done that on every picture and, and there would have been some absolute gold. Would not have been good for him, but I think as, as a viewer on the outside looking in, I think I would have enjoyed it at his, at his, uh, at his mercy. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been tough for him. Um, <laughs> God, I mean, that guy would have just got just abused. Um, I am going, there's a couple like NBA, NBA Twitter has like a very specific brand of, of what it does. And I have a couple on my list that I want to take. And I think I'm, I have two at the top and I'm going to take this one. Uh, I'm going to take the Vince Carter slam dunk contest. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the stuff that would have come out about that, the memes that would have come out of the reactions of the guys on the sidelines, like the Shaq with the camcorder with like the, 
like gasp on his face. Mm-hmm. The guys like shaking their heads. The it's over. I mean, you you are you have so many gifts that come out of that. Now think of those like happening in real time and and and, and involving all of those guys. Um, obviously, a lot of you know up and coming stars in that, which is something people always like. But you know, NBA All Star Saturday Night unfortunately had all of its awesome awesome moments before Twitter. Now it does have it's all this good stuff. You know, Aaron Gordon versus. Zach Levine and all these different things. But when it was in its, some of its heyday, you know, in the eighties, some of the nineties and then the early two thousands, you know, it didn't have social media. And maybe one of the reasons that event also doesn't affect people as much is because everyone sees great dunks on social media all the time. So they, you know, the effect of seeing them in the dunk contest as much, but the Vince Carter slam dunk contest would have created incredible content for a long time on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Thanks. I am going to take, the 2005 masters mm. i'm not just taking the chip i'm not just taking the chip because the chip is awesome I'm talking about the tiger woods chip the iconic chip on 16 with with Vern on the call and it trickling down the hill oh stopping and then leaking into the hole in your life and the nike sign like appearing perfectly unbelievable which you i i'm still convinced that was an ad like that was that was space jam well then they used it they used it in an ad that week there's like a story i think that was in the tiger book right banks where they like had to get the footage from augusta national and request it and then they used it in an ad read that book people um but anyways that shot gave tiger woods a two-shot lead at augusta national um with two holes to play game over right it's got to be game over. Tiger Woods goes out and bogeys 17. Uh, he's playing with Chris DeMarco, the person chasing him. He bogeys 18, and Chris DeMarco has a chip from off the green for birdie that hits off the flagstick. Like, he's that close. Or Chris DeMarco is that close to stealing that Masters, and so they go to a playoff, and uh, DeMarco hits his approach to the same exact spot, doesn't make that chip. And then Tiger just buries a 14-foot birdie putt down the hill to win it. Just unbelievable. Tiger, Tiger like, doing Tiger things. Tiger, right I mean, obviously the moment in itself is worthy of a pick in itself, but the way that the next 45 minutes unfolded with the playoff and Tiger sinking a clutch putt, even though he kind of choked away a Masters, like he kind of choked it away and then stole it back. Just an awesome, awesome golf tournament. I, 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 had, the, I had the moment on mine. Yeah, it was on mine as well. Okay, and then I have um, this is this is going to be from left field. I love this so much, and I think that it would have been exacerbated if Twitter existed. I'm talking December 2001. I'm talking WWF SmackDown. I'm talking the Booker T. Steve Austin <laughs> grocery store brawl. All time moment. Well, I didn't know WWE could be in this. Wow. What are you saying? What are you saying? No, I put it in there. I, oh, it's you're in not going to get an argument out of me. Oh, I might, that reaches my board that that a little bit. I would have gone viral so quickly and so many eyeballs would have sprinted to uh, what was it, the new TNN at that time or whatever yeah. that was on? Um, I, yeah, I can't remember if that was had moved to TNN or was still in USA, but one of the two. Well, it definitely was in USA at that point. Um, but I think there's just such an iconic, like awesome, just viral ready type of moment that kind of sits apart from, I mean, there's awesome wrestling matches over the years and like, um, you know, WCW, NWO, Attitude Era, this, that, and the other, like 
that would be awesome just to be on Twitter for like wildly hyped up hell in the cells, like all those types of things. But this would have just been a video clip that would have just gone super viral and taken the internet by storm. If Twitter existed. There is a lot of WW attitude era that could possibly fit in here. If that's how we've opened the, podcast. that's my favorite. That's just the reason I'm taking this one. Sure. Sure. It's I just, mean, just the <laughs> Steve Austin just chugging that milk. <laughs> that you can do an entire, an you could do an entire draft of this. Of, on jackass. <laughs> of, of wrestling. You could do an entire draft of this old wrestling moments. You really could. Yeah. Like I wanted to mix one of those in. So that's what I'm doing there. No, it's a good pick. It's a good pick. Um, I want to take this non-sports one, but I'll just mention the honorable mentions because it won't fit in this draft. Um, I am going – God, now I've been thrown for a loop with this wrestling thing because I'm trying to think of my favorite wrestling thing on the fly, but I'm just not going to be able to. Um, I've got to get some Olympics in here. And my, honestly, my last two might be Olympics, not to give it away. But for this, I am going to take – um, I'm going to take uh, the Michael Phelps eight gold medal run, which existed during Twitter, but not really during sports Twitter at all. So unless you guys would like, that's 2008, summer 2008. Is that I'm, over I'm the line? Fine. No, I'm fine that's fine. Yeah. yeah. That was I, Twitter Twitter was around, but it's not what it was now. You, it wasn't like. It, I, I think that, that that chase, if it happens 10 years later, is just an all-time night nightly social. I mean, that thing – was just a nightly event and Phelps would be a superstar and the Lee Zach, like the Lee Zach, like closing in would have been a meme and you would have had like, you know, all the characters that come in and out of it Phelps, you know, getting to the end. It just would have been, it just would have been awesome. And, and I would have I'm surprised that gif like reaction gif isn't used more. Yeah. The like his arm, like all spread out like that, that had, that had good potential. Um, RDT, you have your last two. This is me with my last two? Yep. Um, I will go. I have to take this one. Music City Miracle. Like, that's because that's sure. one where it's like, again, wild card. Like, the, the first weekend of wild card football. Awesome. So exciting. I think it was the f- – was it the first game or was it on the Sunday? I can't remember if it was on the Saturday or the Sunday. But that whole, again, me just being like, well, this game's done. 14th left. Blah, blah, blah. And then and then them pulling off the play and just waiting. Again, just like the, are there flags? There are no flags. Is this going to count? Are they going to call it back? And then, like, the whole drama, like, that whole replay would have taken 15 minutes off my life, I'm sure. But, um I, I think that would have been exciting again, at least for me, probably not Bills fans, but yeah, I, I think music city miracle would have been where well, that would have been a fun, uh, a fun, like I can only imagine like what ESPN would tweet or like bleacher report would tweet about it. Um, so give me that. And then where else do I want to go with this? Um, I'll go. I'll go Babe Ruth calling a shot in the World Series. Mm. I think that would have been a fun one. Like, I think people would have – like, I just I, – when I try and think back about, like, like the last big World Series home run we had was what? Like, the Juan Soto, Alex Bregman, like, Juan Soto carrying his bat down to first base. And that was, you know, 
well, obviously Howie Kendrick in that, that World Series too, but I think people would have gone nuts over that. Like, holy shit, did you see what Babe Ruth just did? Nobody do. And we would have had footage of him pointing out there and like, and then just smoking a pitch. I think that would have been, uh, I think that would have been very, very interesting. And, and I think people would have been uh, pretty excited for that. I like that one. I, um, I had a bunch of things written down and this literally just came to my head and I think I have to take it because it's, I'm now excited about it. I'm taking Danny Almonte. That would have been very entertaining. Just people spitting out, spitting out hot takes about an overage kid who lied about his age. That is what Twitter is made for, baby. Yeah. That <laughs> is what we need on Twitter. Yeah. So Danny Almonte, Little League World Series, which people love to hate or, or hate to love or just love love. And just a kid from, kid from inner city, New York, you know, ah, just would have been great. Give me da- Danny Almonte is one of the all time controversies. I was so invested in Danny Almonte. 48 feet away throwing like a hundred. The best, the best part would have been like before the controversy would have been people freaking out about Danny Almonte. It's like, look at how dominant this 12 year old is. There would have been so many photoshops of him in like a Dodgers uniform or yeah, you'd have been like stripes. Jersey. There'd have been Jersey swaps yep. all over the place. <laughs> he would have been like pining to like change the age rules so he could like get in the minors and then bang birth certificate. Oh, he's Tremendous. 18 and a half. <laughs> I mean, it just has everything. It has everything. Drama, intrigue, great performances. Um, Danny Almonte. Give me Danny Almonte. He just jumped ahead of about a thousand things. Like, I don't know why that just jumped in my head, but I'm taking Danny Almonte. That, that, <laughs> no, that's a good one. I, that was like the first week I had Facebook, but like, I didn't, I didn't, we weren't posting shit on Facebook like that. But again, that, that'll tell you how long it was at 06. That was no, that's earlier. Real, it's, it's like 2001. It's like 2001. Oh, one. Oh, one oh two, maybe. Oh, never mind. Then I'm thinking of a different yeah, trip to New York you, when you, I was up there. You must have I would been. always watch the Little League World Series at my cousin's house because we'd always go to New York up there. And that's when I got Facebook up there. But, no, I agree. It would, it would have been electric. Like, we have it. The last good Little League World Series controversy we had was uh, the, the Jackie Robinson team that they were all like, didn't they all live out of, out of their area code or whatever? Um. Yeah. The Chicago, yeah. 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 I could only imagine the Darren Ravel like. I love Little World have. Series controversies. What a ridiculous thing that we have in America. <laughs> like, what? What would a what would a Stephen A. tweet or what would a Skip tweet be about Danielle? Oh my god! I mean, the racial undertones. There would have been so much going on. I mean, yeah. it, like Tucker Carlson would be doing an entire like <laughs> twenty minute diatribe at the beginning of his show about how like this is why they they, they need to like keep people close out the of, borders keep foreigners out of America like the, the entire thing would have been just a ridiculous I mean it just would have been, this is why the world is ridiculous now <laughs> so much simpler back in 2001 during the Louis World Series that's a good that's a good one yeah finish it off Banksy who Banksy Mike Jones yeah we're going <laughs> oh Mike God. Jones here Super Bowl 34, Rams, Titans, Kevin Dyson coming up. We oh, all that one? Oh. oh, I thought you yeah. meant Maryland. Oh, what a ricochet shot against no. Eric. Oh, no. no going one yard oh, short. Oh, no. that's The horrible. biggest stage of them all, a franchise trying to win its first Super Bowl and coming up just oh, a yard short. A great tackle Lord. by who? Mike Jones. Jeez. No. Mm, yeah. Just absolutely squashed wow. the Kevin mile of uh, the 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 Music City Miracle. 
Stretching for the goal line. Yeah. What a game. It happens. Mm, you know. Tough. There's so tough. many great ones left on the board here, too. So many. I and I was sitting have... on that. That was my that was my last round pick the entire way. Yeah, yeah. God, that, we'll see how the listeners respond. That just absolutely shot across the bow there. Uh, think, okay, here's the here's the draft. RDT takes the OJ Chase, <laughs> takes the OJ Chase, 2131, Steve Bartman. The Music City Miracle and Babe Ruth calling a shot. I took the Miracle on Ice, the Rumble in the Jungle, the Vince Carter Slam Dunk Contest, the Michael Phelps eight gold medals, and Danny Almonte. And Banks took uh, Mike Tyson, Vander Holyfield, um, the Stanford Cal Band play, the 2005 Masters, the Austin Booker T brawl. Your last two picks came out absolutely nowhere, and the Mike Jones <laughs> tackle and Kevin Dyson on the goal line. There are a thousand honorable mentions we could go through. Um, RDT, what do you what do you have? <clears throat> um, by the way, I mean that that last pick you had, Banks, that was a killer. That was a really like killer pick. Thank real, you. Real stab in the dark there. And yeah. Okay. It was it was a really killer pick. Mm. Um, I had Tiger Woods car accident Thanksgiving. That would have been. Yeah, I didn't uh, want, I didn't yeah. want to go there after the barman, but but I'm just saying, like, because it would have been like the 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 progression of holy shit, it's a car accident you know, hope he's okay. And then it's like, wait, his, you know, and then, and then just everything unfolding from there. That would have been kind of fringy. November 27th, 2009 is getting yeah. close to where we would have cut that off. But yes. yeah. Yep. It certainly um, would have been incredible. Like now. Yeah. Oh yeah. It is now. Yes. I mean, we, again, we kind of got a little taste of it. Yeah. What? It's also the aftermath of just all the details. Tripping oh, I mean, out that entire weeks, it weeks and weeks. Yeah, it, would, it wouldn't have been like that Thanksgiving night. It would have been obviously. Read the book, people. Read the book. Yeah, it's an incredible book. Um, I had the Sox 3-0 comeback. Like that would have been that would have been fun to yeah. watch. Like because it would have been Yankee fans, you know, just just sucking their own dicks for a couple nights and then getting really worried. I didn't want to pick it, but it had to be said. Jeffrey Mayer, like that would have yeah. been an, an all-time meltdown night for a lot of followers. Um, the helmet catch would have been awesome. Okay. That would have been a good one. Uh, 9-11 home run. Well, not the 9-11, but the, the Mike Piazza home run, the first game after 9-11. Um, the first yeah, you can pitch make a case Bush. for the, the Bush. The first, first pitch. pitch. Yeah, it was on my list, Yeah, too. first pitch. Uh, the Nancy Kerrigan incident, I thought would have oh, been. Oh, that was that, nice. Yeah, it's a miss from us. That should probably yeah. be on the board. Yeah, like I, I thought about that one. Um, go. That's something that there's there's been movies and documentaries made about it. Go read about the viewership. People should go read about how many people went and watched that thing. Mm-hmm. It's an ins- it's a number beyond what you think it is. Like something that figure skating will never ever reach again. One hundred percent, not even not close. even come close. Yep. Um, I had Yankees uh, uh, Yankees Diamondbacks game seven. Like that uh, would have that would have been an awesome night. I had both the entire two thousand one World Series mm-hmm. and specifically Rivera's blown save. And I was yeah. going to do this whole thing where I just describe what is you know this is a person who's you know, known for coming up in the biggest stage, but the one time, the literal biggest stage, the biggest situation he could ever be in and have a job to do, he failed the one time to do it, 2001 World Series. Yep. Um, Michigan, Appalachian State would have been awesome. Again, like yeah. the first weekend of college football and everyone is, there's a billion and a half games on. Um, George Mason's tw- 2006 Final Four run would have been awesome to watch. Uh, yeah. This one, like, the aftermath of the Doc Ellis no hitter on LSD, like that could have been a lot of. Fun. I love that moment. That's I know you do. <laughs> um, Wilt's a hundred point game. The Vikings whole sex boat scandal. 
um, MJ releasing the, the press release on back, like that would have, oh, that would have that just that, sent people that's off. That's so true. Um, USC, Texas. Uh, I had Vince that was Carter big go, on my list. Yeah, like I, I thought about that one. I had Vince Carter dunk game. over um, Frederick Weiss, Randy Johnson hitting the bird, 2002 Fiesta Bowl, Miami, Ohio. Um, tuck roll game, Bill Buckner play the entire Barry Bonds home run race. Uh, Kobe scoring 81, and then Oklahoma, Boise State. That uh, was that Fiesta Bowl, I think. Oh yeah, Boise State, Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, Fiesta yeah. Bowl. With the, all the trick, the the Statue of Liberty. Statue of Liberty. Like, what would I guess was that? That may be in the Twitter sphere. I don't think it was. Um, yeah, you hit on a lot of them. Did you I was did mention say, I'm 98, sure I out a lot of 98 home run race? I didn't, no. I mean, I take that over 2001 for what it's worth. Um, Kirk Gibson. Mm-hmm. Thought about right, that. Right now we're watching, or it was just ended, um, the 1999 Ryder Cup. Justin Leonard hitting, hitting like a 40-footer to win it on uh, 17 at Brookline. Um, George Brett. Oh, George Brett would have been a real good one. Uh, good Secretariat one. winning by just a bajillion lengths. Uh, the Chris Webber timeout. Mm. Uh, I don't think you mentioned Bill Buckner. I No, I did. That, that was my, uh, did I, I had that one right before Bond. That was yeah. a quick one when you just say Buckner is just say no more. Mm-hmm. Uh, my... Um, my twenty-one thirty-one would have been Mile High Miracle, so I didn't take it, but it's there. It should be mentioned. Also, uh, kind of in the Twitter era. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, sneaky good one that I think would compare to the butt fumble is uh, Leon Lett on Thanksgiving. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yep. And then I've got the 1958 NFL Championship, greatest game ever played. Um, and uh, the World Series earthquake. Mm. Ooh, yeah, World Series earthquake. Uh, s- s- apologies if I repeat any here. Uh, Iverson over Teron Lou mm. uh, would have been. I mean, yeah. would have been a mean bonanza. Um, Broadway <laughs> still Joe, is the Broadway Joe guarantee. Yeah, um, the Jamie Sale David Peltier figure skating controversy. Um, judging would have been an outrage. <laughs> I was in Disney World for that entire week. It was <laughs> an incredible <laughs> Twitter situation. Jordan, final shot. Anything magic for Slayer? You guys may say that. Jack at the 86 Masters. You may have mm. said that, Banks. I wasn't paying attention. I didn't. Uh, Michael Johnson with the double with the golden shoes. I think the golden shoes would have been a, a big deal. Christian Leitner shot. Um, I, I have to get the gymnastic stuff in here. So the Nasi versus Sean. What team are you on? Kerry Strug and Kerry Strug, yeah. and that entire night, by the way, everyone remembers Kerry Strug, but that's like an electric video in the Georgia Dome. Like that place is absolutely going crazy. Uh, Jesse Owens, uh, the Diego Maradona hand of God. I know you guys mm-hmm. don't really exist in soccer Twitter, but that no, would have been big one. incredible. Um, there's a lot of soccer things that I'm just not going to go through. Uh, the Dane with the headbutt. The other that. one is the U.S. making the 2002 World Cup quarterfinals. If that happened now, that would be an absolute event. Um, but you know, uh, Jackie Robinson, um, mm. the Tony Hawk 900 would have been <laughs> yes. a fun, yeah. fun Twitter night, I think, when the X back when the X games were fun. And I just this is not really an event, I think like the Dan Patrick Olbermann Sports Center would have been fun in a Twitter world with those guys just like wisecracking every night. I think that would have like created some content for people. Uh, Bobby Knight 
What about uh, the uh, Gary Williams and Prime C Francis? What about the Jim Rome? Uh, what's the quarterback? Oh, Chris uh, Everett. Chris yeah. Everett. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Everett. Jim what do you, you say? You call him Chris. Chris Not Chris Everett. Yeah, yeah, okay. And Rome just goes, okay, Chris. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good video. That's such a good video. The, the non-sports thing I had that I wanted to pick, but I didn't pick, it was the 2000 election. The 2000 yeah. election would have been an electric factor. Yeah. Yeah. The network yeah. giving it to Gore, pulling it back. In all the worst ways. In all the worst ways. But it just would have been, I mean, I mean, and especially with the polarization now. Oh, uh, oh my good God. What a steal. Right. They, they stole it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Stop. But that would have been, I mean, that if you just go back and like watch the TV coverage, like all these on YouTube, this is things, this is the, the stuff I do in my free time. Like you could just watch the entire like 10 hours of coverage and everyone is just bewildered by what's going on. Like people that are so normally like, like Tim Russert and Tom Brokaw and like all, and Dan Rather and all these like, you know, newsmen, they're all like, what the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. It would have been awesome. SNL was at its peak then. So they kind of took care of it for us. Yeah. 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 That's another thing you could say, like stuff you, you know, I guess SNL has kind of been around for all these things, but. Um, they're kind so of many things now, now Twitter where social media serves is almost like the touchstone for how an event is handled at one point, like SNL kind of served as that touchstone, which is a pretty interesting position to be in. Uh, that was a fun draft that there's a thousand things we probably missed. Like if you heard stuff we didn't get to, like, please tweet it. Cause it's actually fun to like reel these. I'm going to go like watch some of these on YouTube now, yeah. by the way, to finish the note about the Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan thing. As of 2008, that was the sixth highest rated prime time broadcast ever. Ever, Jesus. Ever is sports now or a bunch anything? Of, anything now a bunch oh of Super Bowl. God. Now a bunch of Super Bowls have surpassed that, so it's yeah. like knocked it way down. But that's insane. Like that's uh, figure skating, and it was on tape delay. Crazy. So like yeah, you said you said it, they knocked it way down. It's 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 still only it's still six. Like that. No, I'm saying it was six at 2008. Now it's got. Oh, oh down yeah, yeah, six. yeah. Okay. Oh because God. you have all these Super Bowls that like jack over 100 viewers, yeah. 100, 100 million viewers. Um, but crazy 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 uh thank you once again to fed thrill for sponsoring that draft x52 is the promo code use it buy sunglasses they're awesome i'm wearing them we all wear them that's all you need to know. there you have it nick Kinder medley maryland person of the week thanks rdt <laughs> I will go. I'm like I never. He never throws it to me first. He's due to do it. I still don't ask. <laughs> I will go with I think someone I get. I've given it to before. Probably uh probably about ten or eleven weeks ago. My man Dave Bird, Lil Dicky. Thanks. Oh, did, true. did you watch it? Did I did. You watch it? I did. Okay. All right. I don't want to spoil anything. The last what is it? Seven or eight episodes of Dave this season were fantastic. Really, really well done. I thought done. they were I, very good. I, I wouldn't say they were awesome, but they were very good. I, I thought the first season was a little bit better, but it was still very good. Yeah, the first season was was a lot more like, haha, laugh out loud, funny. Like, yeah. Phew. And this, I mean, I like the last episode I loved. Uh, Dave, is, I, it's quickly become one of my favorite shows on TV. I also don't watch many shows on TV, so that may be why. But I, I, I think it's great. The rating on it's awesome. I love the way they ended the season. Can't wait for hopefully there's a season three, but um, there's got to be. Yeah, I they, I mean they left way too many open uh open ends, but yeah, I I thought the way Dave they rebounded after the first two 
weird episodes. I think it was it was they were really really good. And I enjoyed it. So I caught I caught up on that last Friday. I think I turned the Orioles game off in like the third inning. So I ran through like six or seven that I was uh, behind. So you hadn't watched since like way back. The bar mitzvah one was the last one I saw. Before okay. last wow. week, yeah. I think it was like five or I think it was six episodes. Five yeah, or six yeah, episodes. Yeah. Maybe. Gotcha. So I'm just gonna like piggyback off of what you, you're going with there and. Um, I was trying to like kind of store it away until like they just released the whole season, but I blew through the first four episodes of this new season of Ted Lasso and Ted Lasso is just tremendous. It's just so good. Like I've said this a bajillion times, probably both on this podcast and to people IRL and, um, you just got to watch it. Like you should just get Apple TV solely for the purpose of Ted Lasso. You just got to do it. You have to, you should, you need to, you know what I figured, you know what I figured out? Um, I got a new phone probably about a month and a half ago. And it comes and free had, with it, right? I had like a notification on one of the things and I was like, what is this? And it was Apple TV. And it's like, click here to redeem your free your free year of Apple TV. So I think I'm going to dive into that this weekend. Yeah, I have only watched it on my phone and it's, you know, it's fine. It works. Does job. I mean, we'll, this is great. We can just keep it in the TV front. I'm giving it to the second season of Outer Banks, baby. The best don't, show on TV. Don't spoil it. I just started the show last night. I'm not spoiling anything. I'm not spoiling anything. It feels like a lot of – why are you starting it now? You start the first season or the second season? First season. First first season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, great show. As your two guys, colleagues at Barstool, Fran Rhea would say, I would die for John B. I would die for John B too. Freaking John B. I would die guys, for John guys, B. Guys out there, guys out mm-hmm. there. Sarah Cameron. I mean, what else is there to say? What else is there to say? Pope, one of the all-time, you know, figures things out guy. JJ, one of the all-time guys you root for. All-time um, guys. Kiara has kind of started to mess some things up in the second season, but she was great in the first season. Um just a just a fun, entertaining show. My favorite part about this show, I don't know if did you guys either, either of you guys watch Who's On Is It anyway? Yeah. The dad who becomes sort of the villain in this show, Sarah Cameron's dad, that doesn't spoil anything for you, Banks, is one of the like replacement guys who would like rotate in on Who's On Is It anyway. And if you go start <laughs> watching him in this show and then on Whose Line Is It Anyway, it's just a very funny, <laughs> very funny opposite of uh of his TV um acting. So you said her Sarah Cameron's dad. Is that yes. what I recognize him from? Chip Esten. Yeah, Chip. Oh, yeah. it is Charles Charles Esten. That's I mean, exactly who that is. Holy yeah. shit! Yep. And every no one realizes that. No one realizes that. I've I've broken that oh, like three yeah. people. Oh yeah. man! Go yeah. watch. Did you watch the first season when it came out? And everything? Yes. Okay. Because yeah. I was gonna come to you. Like I meant to even say before we started recording. Like I I haven't heard you talk about this show before, but this is a very you show. Yes. Oh my God. This is, this is, I mean, you see the alley. This just drives right down the alley for me. <laughs> drives right down the alley for me. Um, yeah. Really just a fun show. It's a fun I, show. It's I a- think I've, I'm through four episodes of season one. And I mean, just the, did you just yeet over that chain? Is <laughs> just one of the funniest lines. Yeah. I just, it's just, just non, not supposed to be funny, funny lines that I've, I've heard a show where I just burst out laughing like how silly it was. It's a, it's a, oh my gosh. As I sit here, we record late. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a very, very exciting show. And um, I hope it continues on. I hope it continues on. It should. I mean, it's very popular, very popular on Netflix. So 
uh, it kind of is like, and now John B and Sarah date in real life as well. They're almost the new age. Oh my God. Zach Efron and Vanessa Hudgens from high school musical. <laughs> or if you want to do new age high school musical, they're like Josh, Joshua Bass and Olivia Rodrigo, RIP that relationship. Mm. Um, yeah. But thank God. R. By the way, by the way, um, Olivia's album comes out on vinyl this week. So get your record players ready. Any honorable mentions? <laughs> I have a good TV. Good TV. Do you have any other TV things to mention? Let's just do TV. TV, TV, TV. I started uh, Cruel Summer, which is another eye up my eye. That shows on freeform. <laughs> about a, about a, like a kidnapping and some some weird stuff over the course of three years. I need to delve more into that, and I'll report back. I feel like there was something I recently just watched. I did a rewatch of Arrested Development. That show is so good. Oh my! It's that that, it's that so show, freaking I, good. That show is, I think, it's the best writing on a. a it's TV the show ever. just the most it's clever un- show. And that it gets exist. funnier. It gets funnier and funnier the more times you watch it. Like the more stuff that you pick up is. Yeah. Like the 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 one scene that gets me every time is when he's dressed up like the uh, which superhero is it the. It's the to catch a predator. The daddy needs to get his rocks off when he walks into the house and he's looking for his daughter. He said, How old is this girl you were coming here to meet? And he said, Well, he's what does he say? She's 19, but she'll always be 15 to me. And he's talking about her to his daughter. It's just, I mean, everything Tobias says is yeah, quote, the, the doctor is gonna be all yeah. right. What do you mean? Well, he he lost his left arm. <laughs> um, it's, it's so funny. Yeah, I think the biggest thing to talk about from a TV streaming is your appearance on the dozen RDT. We can finish on that. You 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 went out, you wrapped the pod, you took a loss to Team Chicago, but you're a huge fan of that show. I honestly it was awesome to see you on it. So congrats yeah, for getting uh, on. You know, we've talked about trying to get on it before in the past, Banks and I, and they opened it up to a bunch more teams and and jumped at an opportunity to get on it it was it was tough with two with only two people with little sass being out in wyoming with no uh no wi-fi no internet um so that wasn't great team chicago is a good team um and i'll, I'll say it i froze up under the uh the bright lights on the uh steve Reston question a guy that i drafted in fantasy probably three or four years in a row neil walker man neil well, walker yeah, that, the game is already over at that point yeah. too um, but even, I mean, I thought, I thought I had the catcher one, the 2014 AL central. I was like, Oh, well, Sal Perez and the, the Royals. I mean, I'll, I'll never get that team out of my head. It has to be them. Like I would have never guessed Jan Gomes in a million years. Yeah. Never I wanted to just jump through the screen to give you tennis players that really could have swung it back to you. Tennis. Guys. I mean, and, and so when I, when I, when they said it was tennis and Chicago was going first, I said, all right, well, they get the two out of the three big guys. They got either. Federer, Nadal, or Djokovic—they were getting two of those, and so that—that's when I started scrambling because I was like, "All right, I'll get." Had Nadal, you I'll get just Roderick. not thought Erotic, or did you think he nope. hadn't won one? I had—I just completely forgot Erotic. Yeah, that's so tough. Andy Roddick, and I think Carl was like, "I don't know." Andy if Murray is the key fourth one. He kind of yeah, had a run right. there where he won a multiple slams. Yeah, that—that that was tough. That was—that was a tough one. Um, but you know, we pulled Auburn out of our ass at the last second. That was uh, a good pull. I thought I, I knew it was really there. proud of you. That was a carry on Johnson year. Yeah. I was proud of you that you got the CW for all, all of that was. And you know, what's funny. We went out to, we had breakfast at the zoo at the Baltimore zoo and we fed g- giraffes two weeks ago. And my sister-in-laws were talking about all American and the new season of it, like had just started. 
So I was like literally sitting in front of them and I heard them talking about it. And one of them was like, oh yeah, it's on, it's on CW. And so I was like, I did, I just didn't know if CW was still called CW or when you guys pivoted and almost said freeform, I like, I was listening to it while I was driving the car. I must have lost my mind when well, I think Owen said see- freeform. I was like, no, please, no, no, I said freeform. CW. Cause I said, I said, yeah. can we, can we double dip? Let's do CW and freeform. And there was like, there was three seconds left. And Jeff was like, you can't double dip. And I was like, all right, CW. I was pretty sure it was CW. And then, I liked your use of the double dip, by the way, uh, when you did. That one, yeah. Because, again, it was it, like we, we were down to our I last. thought that was the right play. And it just who, – who, who expects that to be TNT? I've never heard of that show in my life. Me neither. Never I had, it was a lifetime. I, 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 like, I thought it was – I didn't think it was A&E, but I wanted to – Owen said it. So I was like, all right, let, I'll, I'm, I'll find with entertaining that. I thought it was E or I thought it was um, – what did I say? Bravo. But yeah. you know, oh well, and and you Banks, know, you'll be on there at some point. You say Banks, I will be, be in the next couple weeks. It's it's. T- I mean, again, you you guys do trivia. I haven't done trivia in a while. It's fun. It's it's uh, it, you know, kind of just depends on the team uh, you match up against. They said, yeah, I guess I'll shout said, out Jackie and the Hooligans for finishing with sixty nine points last week. Another honorable mention. They said Chicago hadn't won since like March of twenty twenty. So yeah, yeah they, they were like zero and nine in their last nine matches. I, 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 but the, I'll say chief, I mean, chief and Carl and Dave, they're, they're like, they're smart guys there, except for the Shelby Miller and some, <laughs> of, the, some of the other ones. But uh, no, I mean, it, it was good. It was a fun time. Um, yeah. You know, hopefully we and don't you, go you're getting at least one more match. You got to save your team the next time. Yeah. It looks like you got, you get two matches and they figure out whether you're, you're around for good. Yeah, and, and Jeff had kind of said, you know, since we only had two people the first time, that it may not officially count as a loss. I don't know. We'll see. I almost thought about asking for, like, double uh, bonus questions. Like, d- like, give us two doubles or, like, two phone of friends or something like that since we were playing a man down. But I didn't want to I didn't want to try and leverage that this, this mm-hmm. young into the competition. Uh, and speaking of you, uh, throwing out the first pitch at the, uh, the Blue Cavs game. Yeah, Southern so Maryland Blue Cavs. Plug it and we'll get out of here. Saturday, this Saturday, the 21st, I think the game starts at 635. They're playing the Long Island Wood Ducks, which is a team that consists of 2012 wild card roster member, I believe, or the Orioles, Lou Ford is their hitting coach and their outfielder, um, which is, you know, again, you talk about double dip. Um, and yeah, another, talk about a guy that loves the game. Yeah, yeah, you really got to. And then another Orioles legend, um, it's Orioles legend. It's Howard County legend, Appleton legend, Steve Lombardozzi on the, <laughs> oh, the Wood Ducks. Um, it's their, I, get, I think it's their Friday night. So that's what they're calling it. Uh, kind of like a Saturdays are for the boys type thing. And I'll be out there throwing a first pitch, hopefully, you know, center cut right down the dick. Um, and it's, it's also the first night of their beer bats. So that may, that could get interesting. Um, gonna, gonna, gonna go down there and see what that's about. If you're down in, in Waldorf or down in Southern Maryland and want to come on out. We got some tickets available, maybe giving some away and uh, hopefully we'll see you down there. But uh, hope, hopefully my, my first pitch goes all right. I'm, I'm thinking about airmailing it like way, like over, over like the back. It's good. Smart of you to get out in front of this. I don't know. I don't know if I want to go, you know, I don't know. I may just go right down, you know, Bush nine eleven right down the middle or just absolutely sail it over the stadium. We don't know yet. So mm. we'll see. Can't wait to see it. I'll be at Maryland Pitt Exhibition Soccer at Ludwig Field at the same time. So I won't be kicking the first ball at that one. That will also be going on. 
Um, just, just to end the episode on a high note, John Means after tonight's game, it's awful. It hasn't been easy. A lot of guys are losing sleep. A lot of guys are frustrated with what they're doing, especially me. <laughs> Not great. It's, that's, the 20, that's the 2020. Football season, baby. Football season is coming. Football season, Saturday, baby. another preseason. Hey, <laughs> baby. Um, that's it for this week's episode of the Exit 52 podcast. Uh, make sure to follow the podcast at Exit 52 Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the boys at E-D-I-T-T-I-22 for RDT. You can follow Banks at Barstool Banks. You can follow myself at Taylor Schmite 10 Make sure to go to Thread Level Midnight slash collection slash Exit 52 Podcast. Merch is up. Shirts, koozies. Thanks to the, our friends at Thread Level Midnight for that. Exit 52 is the promo code at Fed Thrill to get some shades. I put them back on. And then, as always, thanks to our friends at Jimmy Seafood for their support. We will see you next time on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood.